Welcome to another episode of the Black Womanist Podcast. Two, three, let's switch this up. So today we're going to be breaking down the color purple themes. So the themes in the book. Please go onto our Instagram at the Black Womanist underscore. Um, yeah, let's get straight to it. Let's get to learning about this book now. Because most of the themes that I noticed in the book are very relatable for a 23-year-old undergoing transitioning into adulthood and trying to find a niche in society. And most of the themes are very um, in line with what I'm going through currently. Because in life, in every season that you go through, there's a theme. There's something that you need to learn from. There's something that drives you. So, yeah. Um, I've read the book. I know, it's, I know, I know, I know, I know. Please don't be mad. But I've read the first 20 letters. Well, that's what we're going to be talking about for this week. Um, this week and next week, we're going to be talking about the first 20 letters and summarizing that and trying to figure out what the themes are for that section. And as we continue, as we continue and as we grow, we're going to learn more and understand more. So this is a general summary of these themes in the first 20 letters that Celia writes. And this is from page 3 to page 36. There are five recognizable major themes in this book. So we're going to start with the first one, which is God and spirituality. So the first words written by our main character, Celia, in her first letter are, Dear God. And the last phrase in the last letter, which we haven't got to yet, is, Dear God, dear stars, dear trees, dear sky, dear peoples, dear everything, dear God. And the letter ends with, Amen, which means, so it be, or so it will be. This encapsulates, or this summarizes, the relationship between religion and spirituality that Celia undergoes. It shows a personal transition from the belief of one single God. So we do understand that, like, I'm not saying this is what I believe in, but when I was younger, let me actually say that. When I was younger, um, I always thought God was a man. Yeah, I hope I don't get cancelled. But I always thought that God was like a man with a long beard, dressed in white, a white man especially, long beard, white hair, um, you know, just sitting in a throne, on a throne. Um, yeah, and Jesus was what I've seen Jesus' pictures look like, black hair, thorn crown, you know. And it's moving from that, as we notice that Celia moves from that um, understanding that God is that which we need to get away from also because God, he can't be. He can't be that, you know. Um, it moves the transition from that to a God that exists all around us and understanding that everywhere you turn is where God will be. Um, yes. In the beginning, when Celia writes a letter to God, she writes the letters as a journal i'm gonna say journal entry type way for her to survive her father's abuse so god acts as a comforter for her and a person who hear her voice when no one else will 
The second theme is race and racism. This novel takes place in two distinct settings, rural Georgia, which is the deep south, and an African village, which we're still yet to discover. In the beginning, Lisa, I come to realize that um, Celia believes that she's ugly because of her dark skinness. There's also an excerpt where there are women who are talking about sugar ivory. I think it's the 14th letter, if I'm not mistaken. But it's somewhere closer to, like, it's not, it's not that far away from what we've read so far. And they're talking about her beauty. And Celia is talking about how, how she's so, so beautiful, how sugar is so beautiful. And there's a woman who's like, no, but she's a little dark skin, you know. She's too dark. Not even a little dark skin, she's too dark. So she's not that pretty. Like, she's not that pretty, she's dark. And that's all rooted in racism and colorism. Because I know it sounds, I know it sounds like very, it's like a far-fetched to racism. But if something is deep-rooted in you and you genuinely believe that my skin tone is not beautiful because it's too dark and whiteness and looking lighter is what's more beautiful that's a that's a a thread of racism that's you living out your past trauma that you have experienced from the past so white people at the time always told black people that they weren't beautiful or they just weren't meant to be treated like humans because of their skin tone so if we treat each other that way that is a thread of racism that is us inheriting that racism and also it's a thread of colorism it's just like when people i think about nowadays when people give you a compliment and they say you're so beautiful you're like you you you're really beautiful for a dark skinned girl or you wouldn't be that pretty if you weren't light skin those are not compliments like get that in your head those are not compliments those two things are not compliments oh if you didn't have this dark mark you would be more beautiful that's not a compliment that's not a compliment to me uh yeah so the color purple is set in the 1980s and the deep south during this time was a dependent state on plantations excuse me plantations and slavery this left a major historical scar amongst Americans. The segregation and divide between wealthy white landowners and poor black slaves or field workers caused a racial rift and racial tension. This racial tension was a result of the Civil War. So in your mind's eye, as we continue to read the book, think about the book in that setting. Think about the book in that time where there's a racial tension due to the Civil War. There's still strains of racism. There's still strains of slavery. And there's still strains of the past. Like, you know, the past. Yes. The third theme is men, women, and gender roles. This theme summarizes the extended mediation of the nature of men and women and their expected roles in the beginning as you read the book celia is expected to serve her father while he's still abusive and while he still takes her children away and sells them off whatever he does to the children she's still expected to serve that's her role in the household and later on she's expected to serve her husband mister 
men in the novel are expected to work on the fields and have this notion, this preconceived notion that women must and will obey them. Absolutely. That's just the culture of a black man in the South. And if you ever, if, if, you, if you ever had to come across a character who is leaving these expected gender roles or acting outside of these gender roles, that's just out of, out of the question. It's crazy. And it just doesn't go with the culture of the time. When Alice Walker was writing this book, I understood that she's trying to investigate the family dynamic. Family dynamic where there is a weak female, and I wrote weak in inverted commas because I don't want you to think of weak in strength, but I want you to think of weak in voice, like weak in can't speak up. Think about it in that in that sense, not in strength necessarily. It might be in strength, but not in strength necessarily. But being able to speak up, being able to be authoritative, and you know, um, where there's a weak female, an authoritative man, or a stronger female and a repentant man. How do these two families dynamics exist? Can there be a transition or transformation for these gender roles? And are these gender roles fluid? And if they are, how does a black family survive in these in, in these gender roles during that time especially? So if there was like um a, a stronger woman and a repentant man, how will that work out? How will that work out for the little for the children in that family? What is the family dynamic of that family? And can they interchange? Will there ever be a time where they're able to interchange? The fourth theme is violence and suffering. This is also extended to the abuse that is experienced by our main character and the other characters in the book. The color purple depicts the reality of abuse in families and how interconnected this type of abuse is amongst communities of black families. There's also a, a hint of racial abuse experiences, which we're still going to get into and I'm not surprised. I'm honestly not surprised that there is that because, again, we're in the Deep South, rural Georgia, 1980. <laughs> there's rape, there's domestic violence, there's emotional suffering and emotional abuse, which is inflicted upon on the characters. The fourth theme, the lost theme, sorry, I don't know what I'm talking about. The last theme is self-discovery. Character development is a major theme of this book. It's the journey of self-discovery that Celia and the other characters undertake that drives this book and in a po- at, at a certain point are all interconnected. So far, in the first 20 letters, Celia, her character, is a passive quiet young lady who's submissive and is also very hurt by the par- by the pregnancies the abuse and the pregnancy she's got from her rape from her father her ill treatment of her husband mister and her low self-esteem she's currently developing practical skills like working in the field managing a household and raising children which all these things are not they're not necessarily self-development they're more of what can i do to make sure they're okay 
Like, what can she do to make sure that everyone else around her is not complaining, not everyone around her is not um, hungry, everyone around her is okay? And she tends to neglect herself. Because everyone else must be okay, because she just needs to get on with it. You know? And as we read the book, and as we continue the book, it's going to be so interesting to see and read and discover the character developments and how these characters end up. Because we can't end the book and she's still like this. There's a point where there'll be a transition. I can't wait to get to that point. This theme, the last theme, the theme of self-discovery, is a major thread of this podcast too. I think like I can just speak on that and just speak on how self-discovery and character developments of myself and yourself as you read the book and as we listen to this podcast and try to make notes and write little essays and stuff like that on the book. I know some people just think like it's a little far-fetched writing an essay or writing a little notes on the book not even notes but like just writing a little paragraph on your understanding of the book some people think it's a little far-fetched but I honestly think if you're really intentional about reading something or studying something it's going to be so interesting to be able to look back and know that this I know for sure I can read back I can write an essay on it so I can understand certain dynamics the self-discovery of that the development of that is such a huge part of the Black Womanist podcast. So understanding, being able to understand things, because I always look at myself now. Um, I want to get to a point where I'm able to listen to this podcast, because I always look at myself now, and I'm like, I'm so nervous. I'm not even going to lie. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but I am so nervous when I speak on here. I get very scared. I get very nervous to speak. I say um a lot. I say like a lot. And that development, I know there'll be a point where I'll, able, I'll be able to discover my confidence in the things that I say and the things that I read and the things that I find out. And there'll also be a sense of confidence when it comes to articulating these things. Because sometimes it's not about how you speak. It's not about what you say, but it's about how you articulate. It's not about what you say. It's about how you say it. So me articulating my opinions on the book and me articulating my opinions on certain causes or certain thoughts or certain um, racial ideas in the book, that's all going to be developed because I'm obviously not good at that right now. Like I'm obviously at a point where I'm starting off. And yeah, I can't wait to get to that point. I can't wait for you to get to a point where you also understand the book. I'm not saying live like the book, because that's not like... The Color Purple is not the Bible, if I may say. The Color Purple is not like the Bible. It's not something you should live by or try and inherit these character traits that Celia has or that Suge has. But rather, it's more of a... It's more of a trophy, something that you know and moving with wisdom. So when you do get into certain situations, you're able to say like, oh, I read this somewhere and this is how that person did. I'm not going to do it like that. Or I read this somewhere and this is how that character did it and I'm going to do it like that. With full confidence and full understanding and full articulation of what you say and what you mean. Uh, Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed the episode do go onto Instagram again at the Black Womanist Podcast. Um, hit a like, hit a follow, 
Much love.